Saints fans, Pelicans fans, let's go. This is the Black and Blue Report. Black. Bree is going to go deep. He's got ground. Touchdown. Blue. Down the lane. Shoots. No. Tip follow in for Davis with three tenths of a second left. Welcome into the podcast for the fans, straight from the teams they love. It's good to see you guys, and uh, I didn't know we had Studio B here in our facility. Good setup. Now that I know where your guys' little office is, I can pop in here whenever I want. Well, we're playing through AD, and so everybody's going to have to adjust to that. Coaches, players, analysts, celebrities, and more. That guy's Anthony Mackie. I've gotten in many of our arguments about the Pelicans and the Saints uh, over the years. Harry County Jr. joins us here on the Black and Blue Report. Undoubtedly, to me, the Saints are the singular reason that New Orleans is back on the map. Hoda Kotb from the Today Show on NBC, our guest. You know, New Orleans gets in your blood. The Saints never leave it once they get in there. This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio. Wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. How goes it? Welcome into the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. Comes your way today from Orlando, Florida. Sunny Orlando, Florida, but cold Orlando, Florida. Hi again, everybody. I'm Sean Kelly. The Pelicans begin play tonight. Uh, here against the Orlando Magic and then head off to Miami to play the Heat tomorrow. And that at the moment seems like the least of all the storylines that we have to cover today here on the podcast. We have a jam-packed Friday show for you here from Orlando, Indianapolis, California, and all points in between as we have not only Pelicans Magic to talk about, the NBA trade deadline madness of yesterday, but also the continuation of our coverage from the NFL Combine with our own John DeShazer. Yes, it is a lot to get through today, but I think that you're going to like, as we'll also hear uh, from head coach Sean Payton of the New Orleans Saints, who's also with uh, John DeShazer in Indianapolis, obviously, for uh, reasons as stated uh, across the NFL. You know, everybody's there. That is the epicenter of the NFL here this weekend, and uh, we're pleased to bring you Coach Payton today, and John DeShazer will update us on uh, the Friday activities at the NFL Combine. On the trade deadline front, we welcome in Mark Spears from Yahoo Sports. He'll help us sort out, I guess, really, maybe just the tip of the iceberg, the headlines from a a trade deadline uh, uh, day yesterday, which featured 39 players moved across the NBA and included, of course, the New Orleans Pelicans. Um, We uh, talked with the Pelicans yesterday, early in the day, and it seemed awfully quiet. Uh, And then, sure enough, just like the rest of the league, it really blew up in the early afternoon, and so now the Pelicans will send John Salmons to the Phoenix Suns, and as a part of the huge Goran Dragic deal, the Pelicans take care of a needed backup point guard in acquiring Norris Cole, uh, who will hopefully join the ball club this weekend. We're unclear at this point on when Norris Cole and all the others involved in the deal will be able to complete their physicals. Uh, It is not beyond the realm of possibility that we won't see Norris Cole uh, until Monday when the Pelicans return home to play at the Smoothie King Center. So we'll keep an eye on that. Certainly um, that is on our minds today. Mark Spears to help us sort it out. And uh, head coach Monty Williams from his radio show last night on the podcast today as well. 
the uh, and more on this in a little bit when we get to Coach Williams, but that interview with Coach was uh, recorded before the trade deadline activity uh, came to a crescendo. Uh, there are plenty of other topics surrounding the Pelicans right now that we will touch upon with Coach Williams, but unfortunately our visit yesterday was prior to the trade that sees Norris Cole now joining the squadron here in New Orleans. So as I mentioned, we have a very busy day today. I wish I could spend the show kind of going through all of the trades made yesterday in the NBA. I'll leave that to you and uh, your devices. We'll just get perspective from Mark Spears and, uh, of course, from head coach Monty Williams on other Pelicans matters. But on the football side, importantly, we'll take a break and then get you to John DeShazer in Indianapolis and then Saints head coach Sean Payton. Stay with us. It's a busy day on the Black and Blue Report. We're glad that you're with us here on this Friday. I'm Linda, mother of two beautiful 13-year-old twins. While my son has brown hair and blue eyes, and my daughter has blonde with green eyes, they both share one identical DNA trait. I hate spinach. No one leaves the table until you finish your vegetables. Getting my kids to want to eat vegetables, that's my purpose. Blend it now. Try the new veggie blends at Smoothie King. It's the tastiest way to get your kids to love vegetables. Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. Be at the Smoothie King Center to see your New Orleans Pelicans take flight on Monday, February 23rd at 7 when the Toronto Raptors come to town. The first 10,000 fans in attendance receive a free Pelicans Eye Wallet courtesy of Cox and Fox Sports New Orleans. The Pelicans Fest pregame block party tips off the fun at 5.30 with music, inflatable games for the kids, and more. Tickets start as low as $13. Visit pelicans.com to get your seats today. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Sean Kelly and John DeShazer. John DeShazer kicks us off this morning. He, of course, is in Indianapolis at the NFL Combine, covering for NewOrleansSaints.com. Back with us on day two here on this Friday. Good morning, John. Any warmer in Indy today? Uh, yeah, we got we got a heat wave going today. I think it's going to you know jump to seventeen degrees, and uh, so yeah, that we'll be we'll be outside running around in our skivvies pretty soon here. Well, let's let's keep this uh, PG, shall we? I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to run everybody off the street. Yeah. John Shazer yesterday interviewed Saints head coach Sean Payton, which we'll share with you here uh, this morning on the Black and Blue Report, as promised. Uh, before we get into the day's activity, uh, characterize your visit with the head coach yesterday, John. Uh, well, you know, as usual in the offseason, you know, you, you get up with Coach Payton, and he's in, you know, a great mood, and uh you know, I think it's the first time he's talked uh, since the end of season news conference. So it was good to catch up with him and uh, and just have him discuss, you know, what the coaching moves were and some other things. So yeah, he's in a pretty good mood. He, then he went over and started scouting some players. I think the Saints, you know, the staff did some interviews last night. I'm sure, uh, and they'll have some more player interviews to do today. But they're also going to be sitting in on the workout. The offensive linemen are working out right now as we speak. As a matter of fact, we saw Lyle Collins, the offensive lineman from LSU, run a 5-1-3-40, which is pretty good for a guy of that size. So uh, the uh, offensive linemen are going through the paces today, and, and uh, we'll we'll see what else happens as the day uh, unfolds. As far as the interview goes, which we'll hear in our next segment, uh, John, was there anything that really jumped out at you that you that you said, man, I learned something from our visit today? Well, it was basically the, the, the delineation of, of – power or, or responsibilities between Dennis Allen and, and Rob Ryan. You know, Rob Ryan is the returning defensive coordinator and Dennis Allen, the former uh, head coach of the 
of the Oakland Raiders, who also was a secondary coach for the Saints, who also was a defensive coordinator for the Denver Broncos. And now since Dennis Allen has been rehired, you know, we as a as a senior defensive assistant, you know, we didn't exactly know what exactly his role would be, but basically Coach Payton said that you know Rob Ryan will be calling the defense uh, as he has done the past two seasons, and that Dennis Allen would be a guy who obviously can help out with the secondary and a guy who gives you a fresh set of ideas and a fresh set of eyes to look over the defense, but both the, 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 the defensive play-calling responsibilities will remain with Rob Ryan. John, as far as today goes, I think you mentioned offensive linemen, which is probably an area of need, at least as according to Coach Payton. Um, what, what will the process be today at the Combine, and, and what are each of the steps that those guys take? You have those guys working out, and the, the players who will be Trey Spence to interview today will be defensive linemen. So there are a couple of LSU kids who should be coming through today, one of them being Daniel Hunter, I think, a defensive end. And uh, so we will have those guys come through and do the, the interview process with the media today. But on the field, primarily it's the offensive linemen and the specialists, um, you know, the kickers, punters, and I think some tight ends also. So those are the guys who are going to be doing the on-field work in terms of the cone drills and the shuttle runs and all that kind of stuff in the 40s and the, uh, the talking portion of today will be belong to the defensive linemen and tomorrow they're going to you know, finish up with the uh, defensive backs we won't be here unfortunately we'll be leaving with um a kid from lsu uh, i think it's a uh, jalen collins a cornerback i don't think it is i know it's jalen collins a cornerback is projected you know he's rising fast on on the nfl draft board you know he's a hot commodity and he probably will be a first round pick in this in this coming draft so he'll be here speaking tomorrow and uh, we won't have that for you, but you can look at it on the NFL Network. I'm sure we'll you know, have the, the, the video. But, uh, yeah, today it'll be defensive linemen, and they'll get a chance to talk to the media, and hopefully we'll be able to get up with them. We're going to see if we can catch up with uh, General Manager Mickey Loomis today. We've been told that we might have an inside track on maybe talking to him, so we'll see if we can pull that off. John, when you, when you talk to guys like Mickey Loomis later today or you're hearing the scuttlebutt uh, of folks uh, in tune with NFL front offices, what are the feelings about this draft class? Are they high on it? You know, do they see it deep at any particular position? What's the feel? Well, I mean, I get the feeling that they feel it's pretty deep at receiver. You know, there are some guys who, if you if you need somebody, you don't have to go get him in the first round. You can wait till the second, third, maybe even fourth round and get a guy who can contribute. So I think they're pretty high on the receiver group. Uh, certainly, you know, you can never have too many quality offensive linemen. I don't know how deep they feel like that position is, but I know, you know from what I hear that they're pretty impressed with the receivers and uh, obviously the quarterback being a, a fairly shallow group, it seems right now. So, yeah, it's a high commodity. If you take one of those guys early, you know, obviously there's always the pressure to play him. But if you get a guy, you know, maybe you like him in the fifth, sixth round, you can develop him into a guy that maybe you can use a little bit later. When you've talked to the players that you have so far, and I know that some of that work is already on NewOrleansSaints.com, uh, John, are these are these young men now? Um, are they in a guarded state at the combine, or have they been f- freely spoken? I guess. Yeah. Well, most of these kids. I mean, you know, you know, they have a standard line here. Basically, every kid, you know, feels like he can play in the NFL. He feels like he can help any team, and he's at the top of his game. So, you know, everybody has has the right thing to say. And most of these guys are going to interview with just about every team because, again, the team, you know, a lot of these are get-to-know sessions where even if you don't draft the kid, you know, now maybe you get him as a free agent three, four, or five years from now and you reflect on those interviews that you had with him. Or maybe, you know, a guy who, 
is a scout now becomes, you know, some personnel director down the road, and he remembers the kid he talked to. So generally most NFL teams talk to just about all these kids so they can kind of get a little bit, a bit of background information on them. And another interesting thing Coach Payton said was they talk less personality with the kids than they do football IQ. You know, personality and background, you know, they can get that pretty much, and they already have a good deal of that. But what they want to find out, you know, in, in those 15-minute interview sessions is, can the kid process football plays? Can he process football information? Does he have a good game IQ? Or is he somebody who tests well but doesn't, you know, play well? Or a guy who might play well but doesn't test well? All interesting things, especially due to the fact that, uh, you know, Coach Baden has always said, I want, I want smart football players, I want tough football players. Uh, the one thing that I guess we can't really talk about a whole lot here when we're talking about draft class is leadership potential. How, how hard is it to gauge that in, in light of the fact that, that Sean Payton and Mickey Loomis are looking for more leadership on their football team? Well, from, for that, from that perspective, they probably have to let, lean on the area scouts because those are the guys who see, a, see those kids at their college practices and they see them on the college campuses and they see a lot more college games than Mickey Loomis and Coach Payton do. So they'll know whether or not that kid is a, a leader in his locker room or a leader on the field or in the huddle. They'll have a better idea of that. So I'm sure they lean on those guys. Now, you know, a lot of stuff can come across in a personality during an interview, but, you know, if it's only a 15-minute interview, and then even if you have a kid one-on-one for a couple of days, look, if you're a good enough actor, you can snow people for that amount of time, but you can't snow them over the course of a college football career over three seasons or so. So you find out whether or not that kid actually is a leader, probably through the area scouts who've seen him multiple times. Well, J.D., again, I appreciate the interview with Coach Payton. We're going to be happy to share that with uh, our listeners here in just a moment. Uh, stay warm. Keep your clothes on uh, instead of the earlier scenario you suggested. And uh, we'll look for more today on NewOrleansSaints.com. Well, there's not enough snow here to do. Like, I hear people in Boston are, like, jumping out of windows and jumping in the snow banks in their underwear and stuff. So there's not enough snow here for that. And I don't think anybody wants to see me in my underwear. You know, I don't want to see me in my underwear. So we'll keep, we'll keep it simple. I, and, and it's much appreciated here at the Black and Blue Report. <laughs> John DeShazer with us from the NFL Combine in Indianapolis. Stay tuned. We're going to take a quick break, and then we'll share with you uh, John's exclusive interview yesterday with Saints head coach Sean Payton right after this. Basketball fans from all over Louisiana are invited to the Louisiana High School Boys and Girls All-Star Basketball Games being held in Shreveport at the Hirsch Coliseum on Saturday, March 21st. The best players from Louisiana will put on an exciting display of showmanship. Tickets are only $10 and games start at 1 p.m. Check out hotels and other things to do at shreveport bosierorg or call 888-45-VISIT. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. We're talking Saints football on the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Still to come, head coach Monty Williams of the New Orleans Pelicans, Mark Spears from Yahoo Sports, 
But as promised, uh, we go back to Indianapolis and listen in to John DeShazer's exclusive interview yesterday with the Saints head coach, Sean Payton. Coach, we had not had an opportunity to talk to you since your staff changed and you had the changeover. Just, uh, just talk about what went into those, those challenges and that change. Well, listen, I think from the minute the season ended, you know, we, we talked, uh, A, with our team, uh, coaching staff, Mickey and I spent a lot of time of really trying to look closely at what we have to correct. Um, we knew there'd be some change with regards to the hiring of some coaches. Obviously, the, the notable one, Dennis Allen, returning. He's someone that uh, we've had a, a long history with. He was on our original staff in 06, um, coached our secondary during the Super Bowl run, and then had a chance to be a coordinator and want to be a head coach. Uh, I think a lot of people are, are and, and look, it's, uh, it's not uh, a normal situation where you're able to bring in a coach like that and say, hey, you and Rob are going to work together. But uh, it works because both Rob and Dennis are guys that are passionate about it and, and really, I think, understand that this is, this is something that benefits both of them and the team. Um, but I've been asked that question a lot. So probably we probably spent a week just going through the dynamics of the room. You know, here's Dennis, who's got experience at this, and certainly that's Rob's role. He's the defensive coordinator, and he'll be the guy calling our defense on game day. But I think Dennis gives him another veteran set of eyes that can help him uh, and help our defensive staff and help our team. And that it's, it's, you know, it's about winning, and it's about us finding opportunities to improve our team, our roster, our coaching staff, uh, anywhere we can in the building. Um, and we have some other additions uh, on offense. We have a new running back coach, Dan Roshar, moved to tight ends. Uh, he's coached pretty much all of those inside positions. He's been an offensive line coach. He's been a tight end coach, running back coach. He's been an offensive coordinator. So he he gave us some flexibility, and, and that's a position that uh, he was anxious to, to work with. Um, then we hired... Uh, Joel uh, from Arkansas, he came in last week. We had four or five new coaches come in last week. He's one of them. Johnny Morton was in the week before. Uh, Joel Thomas had come in last Monday. Some of these guys grabbed their indie bags <laughs> and were flying here like right away. Um, we also uh, were able to hire uh, James Willis uh, to be an assistant linebacker coach. He's someone that I'm familiar with when he was a player at, at the Philadelphia Eagles. Joe Vitt coached him when he was a player at the Eagles. A real young, I shouldn't say young, a real talented uh, football coach. Um, and then, you know, we lost some coaching assistants and, and guys that maybe the fans or people aren't as familiar with. A guy like Carter Sheridan, who's done a tremendous job for us for shoot. 10 years, and he was working here before I got here, but someone that was uh, outstanding, he got an opportunity to go with Curtis Tulane, so he'll be the receiver coach there. And then Frank Smith, who had been with us for the last four years, accepted a position with the Chicago Bears coaching the tight end. So Brendan Nugent comes in. Kyle Devan comes in. These are some younger coaches, guys with some experience. Kyle Devan played uh, right here for Indianapolis during the, their Super Bowl run. Um, and so there's a there's a lot of stuff going on, and there are a lot of moving pieces, and yet clearly identifying the chain of command is important, and making sure these guys get on the same page very quickly. They're all here, and uh, we really haven't had our first staff meeting. You know, a lot of them get, just got in Monday. 
Now, when you have changes in the staff, obviously it breaks up the continuity some, but does it give you, I guess, as you mentioned, fresh ideas, a fresh, a fresh set of eyes? I, I think it can, I, and it's no different than the roster. You know, the roster, there's a change that takes place every year. Um, I think we got to look closely at hey, how we as coaches can improve because obviously uh, it's important when you come off a season that we just had to, to first look in the mirror and say, all right, hey, this wasn't good enough. And I know Mickey and I have talked a lot about it. Um, we've talked with the staff, and, and you'll see some change the same way with our roster. That takes place every year. But, uh, you know, to just turn the page and go back to what you were doing would be silly. Now, here at the NFL Combine, obviously this is a critical part of every year. How critical is it to free agency as to what you guys might do in the draft? Do you address <laughs> needs in free agency and then go th- in the draft and address other needs that have already been taken care of? Yeah, I think two things. We've always been fairly judicious with regards to a signing of a free agent player. There has to be a fit, and, uh, and yet we're not afraid to do that. Um, I do think you pay attention to the depth as it pertains to the draft class, and you'd say, hey, this is a class that is deeper at this position. We think we can find uh, this player in the draft as opposed to free agency. Um, you know, we'll look closely at, at the free agent market, and a lot of times it'll be that second wave of free agents that, uh, that we pay attention to. And, and then also our own roster. That's one of the big challenges this time of the year because, look, there's that constant change and, and there's some tough discussions that have to be, have to be dealt with and taken place. Uh, that's, that kind of comes up every year. You know, we know Mickey Loomis talks about the 20-point plan going into the offseason. How far along in that plan are you guys? Well, there's a, there's, it's listed. It's clear. He and I, you know, even last night, as recent as last night, kind of we're going through a, a few of these moves, uh, and yet we're, we're still kind of sitting here before the gates have opened. You know, free agency hasn't started yet. We're preparing for the draft. Uh, I think all of that, uh, you know, hopefully can be accomplished in the next three or four months. One of the guys who might be affected in free agency, running back Mark Ingram, a guy who contributed significantly last year. Is it? I guess difficult to kind of gauge, you know, what you guys can do or want to do with him. No, listen, I think in a good way, and and I've said this before. Number one, he had a fantastic season. Uh, he's a player that we look at and, and have a value for, and and he's our draft pick, you know. And and he stayed healthy this year. Uh, I couldn't be more excited to see him have the success because you see the work behind the scenes, you see the preparation by him, you see the professionalism by him and he's a football guy I mean he was at Alabama, he was in high school uh, and, and, it's, and it's so it's, it's good to see them have that type of success, especially a guy that you brought into the program and now it's just asserting or, or figuring out, hey, where, where's that number going to be for him, I'm sure if you're, if you're Mark and, and you're Mark's agent you're looking closely at it and uh, you know, hopefully he's someone that's back in the, in the black and gold because he He's been a big part of uh, our success offensively. Now, we know how critical this interview process can be with the players here at the combine. How much can you find out? It's a limited amount of time, but how much can you find out? You know what? I think it's the one thing. It's 15 minutes long, and we've really kind of changed how we handle that 15 minutes. And we spend two or three minutes on getting to know the player. Uh, But then very quickly, at about 11 minutes left, we're into football, and the hardest thing for us to gauge is throw away the test scores, the great point averages, and all. The, how smart is this guy football-wise? You know, there have been some really, really 
smart players that I've coached and we've coached that maybe had a low test score and, and, and just didn't test well or, or didn't spend the time on it. And conversely, we've had some real great students. I mean, fantastic, you know, uh, straight-A students that really struggled with football. So we're trying to spend as much time on, on, on finding out, hey, who, who are the players that, that really jump off or jump out of, out at you with football intelligence? And then who are the players that really struggle? All right, gentlemen, thank you very much. Good to hear from Coach. And we'll hope for a great weekend for all those involved at the NFL Combine. We've got to get to the NBA news, and we'll do that with Mark Spears of Yahoo Sports in just a moment. I'm Tom Richards. I'm 35 years old, vice president of sales at a regional paper company. Six months ago, we decided to transition to one of those cool collaborative open space offices. So now I sit in the open next to three other sales managers, which means there's nothing separating me from... Not getting Carl's nasty cold and missing a sales opportunity this winter? That is my purpose. Blend it now. Try the Immune Builder Smoothie at Smoothie King. It's the tastiest way to stay healthy this winter. Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. In New Orleans, food is more than a passion. It's a tradition. And Zatarans has been part of that tradition for 125 years. From jambalaya and dirty rice to crab boil and more, Zatarans has been jazzing up dinner since before there was jazz. And we're excited about what next season might bring. Jazz it up tonight with Zatarans, proud sponsor of the New Orleans Pelicans. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. We continue now on the NBA side, and what a day yesterday. Some 39 players traded yesterday. Busiest trade deadline day we've seen in probably over two decades. And we're very pleased to bring back Mark Spears from Yahoo Sports here to the program this morning. He's kind enough to join us in what has been probably a pretty frenetic 48 hours or so. Mark, uh, how much sleep have you been able to get, my friend? Yesterday, I finally turned off the phone. I mean, you got to... Remember, this is on the heels of All-Star Weekend, too. Um, so you, when, that's the crazy thing about the trade deadline is you go to All-Star Weekend, and for me, that's flying across the country. Then you come back, and right when you touch down, you're trying to figure out the trade deadline. So uh, I think I'm going to take it light this weekend. I would think Even that's a good idea. you got guys who are being bought out. Um, although it's only, it looks like maybe it's only Kendrick Perkins. There's going to be a couple guys bought out. But now you got to try to figure out where they're going to. So it, it it keeps going. Did you see this coming? All the trades? Yeah. Um, it was a little uh, – it's kind of weird because I wonder, some, wonder if anybody's come up with a statistic on whether this is a record for trades before the trade deadline. Um. I could never, you know, we, we forget about all the trades that took place in, in January. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, there's an amazing amount of trades. I'd never remember that many trades in January. And it was basically pretty quiet till about a half an hour uh, before the trade deadline. And then there was just like a flurry of fireworks like I've never seen before. Just all kind of things going all over the place. And, uh, wow, it was it was very um, stunning, and um, it seemed like every team was involved in something. Um, and I thought the uh, I thought the Pelicans 
really did a great job of get, getting a piece they needed in Norris Cole. I really like him a lot. He's played in a lot of big games. And, um, yeah, but yesterday was, was about a big of a whirlwind as I remember in 15 years covering NBA. Mark, you mentioned the Pelicans move, and they, I think they fill a need, obviously, and, 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 uh, and take care of some other, I guess, scratch, uh, itchy problems. Um, but with regard to the teams that, I guess, swung for the fences, who comes out the best from yesterday? Um, you know what? I, I really like what Miami did, being able to get Goran Dragic. Uh, I, I'm a, I like Pat Riley's mentality where he's like, I'm not trying to get better through the draft. It's kind of almost like a New York Knicks mentality. I mean, Yankees mentality. I'm going to get better now. I'm going to make a trade and bring somebody in that can play now. And and Goran obviously can do that for him. Sad news, though, with Chris Bosh potentially having a blood clot in his lungs. That's horrible. Um, but if he ends up being healthy, they have a really good starting five that you don't want to play in the first round of the playoffs. So, you know, I was impressed with that. I actually was impressed with the Suns' ability to, um, I, I guess, recover or make up for the loss of Dragic. I mean, they got Brandon Knight, who's an all-star caliber point guard, and they got three first-round picks. So um, they did okay under the circumstances. What did you make of Oklahoma City's makeover? You know, I like Cantor a lot um, offensively. He, he gives uh, the Thunder something that they haven't had. It's a real, real big body in the post who who could make hook shots, who could make dunk shots, who could get great putbacks, who, who doesn't shoot too far from the basket. They really haven't had an inside presence like that. You know, Perk's not really an offensive guy, and I guess – kid they got from New Zealand and the, the, the rookie they got from Michigan, they could do a little bit of that, but this guy's a bona fide inside scorer. Problem is he's just so poor defensively, you almost wonder if he even runs to the other side. And uh, I think the Thunder will certainly have a problem with that. That was his problem in Utah. He has to improve dramatically on the other end of the court. Um, but yeah, he, he certainly gives them some size and you know, Singler is a good pickup for him. Um, Novak gives him an outside shooter that could be a weapon, a really good weapon for them. And uh, DJ Augustine, I don't know if he played with Kevin Durant at Texas, but it gives him a veteran point guard that, you know, he's from the South, so he's probably pretty happy to be there. Because Reggie Jackson, obviously, he, I don't know if you saw his tweet after he got traded, he he wanted out of there bad. And this is body language and the things that he was saying ever since they got Deion Waiters. You could tell he, he wanted out of there. So good to kind of get that away. It's not good for team chemistry when you have somebody that openly doesn't want to be there. No, and we were hearing that he was basically frozen out of the locker room, and that, that can't be good for anybody involved. Yeah. Mark, when you look at Philadelphia, have you been able to figure out what the heck they're doing there and, and what those fans must be going through? I have no clue, man. I, I mean, it's it's absolutely nuts. I have no clue at all. Um, I'm trying. I think I, I was trying to give the guy benefit of the doubt as a mad scientist of some sort. <laughs> but you trade the rookie of the year for basically nothing. 
you have a young first round pick who's a scorer, very athletic, fun to watch, and you trade him to Houston for a guy that was in a D League showcase last month in the second round pick. Um, then you trade for JaVel McGee. Like I, 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 I've been calling it Brewster's Millions, man. I mean, it's like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's nuts. I've never, I, I'm surprised that. I mean, how does this plan work? I have no clue. You have the rookie of the year and you trade him. I just, I'm absolutely stunned at what they're doing, and then they got all these centers, and it's, I, I give up. Yeah, I think that probably their fan base is about to as well. Uh, Mark, I know that you're tremendously busy again today, so let me uh, leave you with this question here. In all that happened yesterday, and we touched on only just the surface of this deal, um, does the landscape in the east or the west change dramatically as a result of the flurry of activity yesterday? Uh, I don't think so. Um, I mean, I do think the Thunder get better, and it helps them get into the playoffs, although Pelicans fans would probably like to hear it different. I'm sure they're a little concerned about Thunder getting the the four players that they got. Um, let, let's see how great Anthony Davis is. I'm a big Anthony Davis fan, and see if he can get them over the hump. Um, perhaps the Pelicans are destined to be there. Uh, I think that you could probably push Phoenix out of that mix. Um, they just they just changed a third of their team. Dragic's gone. It's just too much chemistry that they need to work on, too much that they need to work on. So I, 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 don't, think the, I don't think Phoenix is a threat for the Pelicans anymore. I, I think your race, and I know I'm not really answering your question, I'm bringing it closer to home. I, I'm really curious to see this war between the Pelicans and the uh, Thunder the rest of the way um, to see who gets that, that, that playoff spot. Isn't it intriguing that they do not play each other head-to-head the rest of the way? Well, they better win. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, expect the Thunder perhaps to have – I mean, they had a big, big win yesterday, um, surprising win yesterday. But uh, yeah, I know Perk was great for their chemistry, but if they could get that kid back, uh, the New Zealand kid back and – Cantor back. They got a lot of size. I think it's Stephen Adams and Cantor. And, I mean, they're going to be a load to deal with, but I'm not counting the Pelicans out either. That's good for uh, us to hear that. Uh, we're excited about our game tonight against Orlando, and um, this begins that final 29. We'll see how it goes. Mark, as always, I know you did this as a, a favor to us, a friend of the program, if you will, and I really appreciate it. I hope you get some rest this weekend. All right, man. Mark Spears from Yahoo Sports. Of course, that's where you want to go when you need to know all things nationally on the NBA front. And uh, we'll check in with Mark after he gets some rest as we get closer to the uh, true stretch in March and April. We'll be back on the Black and Blue Report after this. 
I'm Chip Chapman, here on the street asking people what they would do with a $40 million Powerball jackpot from the Louisiana Lottery. I'd fly to Italy to go shoe shopping with my girlfriends. I'd invest it, of course. I could double that money in no time. And you, sir? I'd buy me a vacation home on my own private island and a new sports car and a golden hot tub. That's club. quite enough from you, sir. Play Powerball at any Louisiana Lottery retailer. Starting jackpot $40 million. Must be at least 21 to purchase. The future is now for the New Orleans Pelicans as all-star Anthony Davis has become one of the elite players in the NBA. 2015-16 season tickets are now on sale, so make sure to secure early bird pricing and receive special gifts as part of our parade of prizes. Season ticket holders receive great benefits, including access to exclusive team events, plus savings on concessions and merchandise. Be part of the best fan experience in the NBA by calling 525-HOOP or visiting pelicans.com today. It's Pelicans game day. This is the Black and Blue Report. With regard to the deals that the Pelicans made yesterday, obviously Norris Cole is the most important piece. The backup point guard uh, comes to the Pelicans from the Miami Heat. He is a veteran who has NBA Finals experience and has been around some of the more powerful folks in the NBA over this last couple of seasons. So the knowledge base alone that he brings is certainly a plus for the Pelicans. Sean Williams and Jordan Hamilton, or excuse me, Justin Hamilton also acquired in the deal yesterday. It remains unclear at this point what roles, if any, Williams or Hamilton will have for the Pelicans going forward. The Pelicans also made another deal yesterday involving the Oklahoma City Thunder. Most of that deal is probably off roster, if you know what I mean. There'll be some players bought out, waived, and whatnot. It does not have a great impact on what now lies ahead for the Pelicans starting tonight against the Orlando Magic. We won't expect Norris Cole in uniform for the Pelicans tonight. We'll have more of an update later on when we broadcast tonight's game. But last night on the Monty Williams radio show, we did talk about the matchup with Orlando this weekend, the role of Tyreek Evans now with Drew Holiday's continued absence, and more. Here's our interview, or at least some of it, with head coach Monty Williams from his show last night. Coach, did you change the conversation with your team yesterday and today, now that you've come out of the All-Star break and in light of what we just talked about a few moments ago, this very real position of chasing a playoff spot. Well, I, I talked to the guys about embracing where we are. The one thing that we've done is we've taken care of some things when you look at the teams that are around us. We're 3-1 on OKC. We've beaten Phoenix. We know we can win against them. And uh, we're 2-1 on San Antonio. And that's a good spot to be in. And we also know that we've beaten Houston twice. We've won against Memphis, Dallas. So we, we know we're capable. And I've talked to our team about how fun this can be. You know, everybody's counting us out. They think OKC is going to get it, if not Phoenix. I saw something on ESPN where they said we had a, an 11% chance to uh, get into the playoffs. And so there's no pressure on our guys to overwhelm anybody because nobody's expecting us to, to get in there. And so we can go out there and, and prove everybody wrong and at the same time play and enjoy it. It's almost about face um, thought process from you because I think, at least through the media, for a long time now you've said, hey, we're only focused on us. It's these four quarters coming up tonight. It seems almost now that you're ready to open them up and say, hey, check the standings. See who played last night. How does that impact our game tonight? You almost want them to, like you said, have fun with us. My focus is still the same, but I have to get our guys to grow up and start thinking differently. Mm -hmm. You know, my I'll still be in next day mode, but our guys need to feel some of the pressure that goes with 
this type of situation and this time of year because I, I think that's the way you're going to grow is not thinking too far ahead but understanding where you are relative to where you want to go. Some things you can't control. We know we can't control what the other teams do in their games away from us, but we have business that we can take care of. And it, it, you're right, it does start with a game-by-game, game, day-by-day mentality. But I think for us to grow up, we also have to understand that these the moments are rare, and you can't say, well, we'll get, we'll get it next year. You don't know what team you're going to be on this summer. You don't know what's going to happen. So you have to take advantage of it uh, when you have an opportunity. And I, like I said, I think our guys can mature from this situation. Monty, give me a, a very real thing about your team that leads you to believe you guys can pull this off. What is it that's maybe, and maybe more to the one thing, but there's got to be something that you feel right now that says that's where we get it done. Well, we've shown that we can not only compete against the best, we can win against the best. And we've shown a high level where people look at us and they're like, whoa. When I'm on the sidelines and I'm like, okay, that's what we've been shooting for. That's the thing that gives me uh, the juice to and the confidence to know that we can do it and the preparation that we put in. Like when we put a game plan together and we have our meetings, uh, you totally buy into the fact that you can win any game against anyone. And, you know, there's certain things that you have to do. And when we've done it, we've looked pretty good. And if we can get to that consistency, which I believe we will, we got a shot. What about you and your coaching staff? Monty, what do you want to do with your staff or at least your approach here over the next you know, two and a half months, I guess. We've had to be more efficient trying to get our work done in a different way. This time of the year, you're not going to have two-hour practices. There may be days where you don't have a shoot-around. You just come in and you have a meeting before a game because this is the time of the year, especially with our group of guys not having Drew. we got to be really smart about the players and their legs. So we may have some mental workouts that um, allow our guys to, to get ready for the next game. So as a staff, we have meetings about that. And um, they involve, you know, what do we add? What do we take out? You know, even with our PD, you know, do we cut that back some to keep our guys fresh? There's guys like Lexi and Luke who we're counting on down the stretch. They may not get consistent minutes. But when they're called upon, they got to be ready. So their workouts have to be tempered at times to fit that schedule. Coach, no doubt. And lastly here, uh, it, clearly Anthony Davis is the, the big piece of the engine, if you will. But now with holidays, you mentioned out for the foreseeable future, if not even longer, how much pressure goes into Tyreek Evans now and what he has to do and, and maybe even more importantly, how he does it yeah. as your point guard? It's unfortunate for Tyreek. Um, he's, he's had a lot thrown on his plate. You know, he started out the season playing the three. He's played some two. He's played some one. And now with Drew being out for a while longer, Tyreek's got to carry more of a load. But that, to me, is what you should embrace. You know, the responsibility, the pressure, uh, what everybody else calls pressure, we just call normal. And for him, you know, it can be a great opportunity to show everybody what, you know, he, he believes in himself and, and what we think of him. He can be a primetime guy, and he's going to have the opportunity to show that he can do it every night. You want him to score more or assist more, or both? Both. I think when he's done both, we've been really good, mainly when you're in that position. People always think, well, Tyreek's not passing the ball because his assist numbers go from 12 to 3 or 4. Well, there's more to it than that. Guys got to make shots. You know, there's a lot of times he's dishing that ball under the basket, and guys are missing those opportunities. So he, he has the the ability to 
do both in that position, I'd like to see him facilitate and get a feel for how teams are playing him and then play off of that. And I think that's a big step for Tyreek is making the adjustment as to how teams are playing him. Are they going under on pick and roll? Are they going to blitz him in pick and roll? I think that's a a huge step for Tyreek, especially when he's bounced around and played so many positions. Mm-hmm. Well, Coach, as always, thanks. And uh, here's to a fast start this weekend. Yeah, we need it. We certainly um, are looking forward to it. Our guys um, have been through a lot from the injuries and all the, the stuff that our team has had to endure. And yet, we've, like I said, we put ourselves in a good position. Now we got to take advantage of it. We'll visit with Coach again tonight before the matchup against the Orlando Magic. We're on the air at 6 p.m. Central for the Pelicans and Magic on the Pelicans Radio Network. We'll get our eyes on Alfred Payton once again and young Victor Oladipo as well. And uh, we'll keep an eye on the bigs as Anthony Davis will tangle in the low post. Not maybe head-to-head with Vucevic, but they'll meet up against each other. And Vucevic is having a nice season for an otherwise struggling Orlando team. Then it's off to Miami after the ball game tonight. The Pelicans will take on the Heat tomorrow at 6.30 Central. And yesterday's trade activity and then new news today about Chris Bosh certainly have an impact upon that game tomorrow night. Obviously, the Pelicans now acquiring Norris Cole. That's the direct connection with the game. And the indirectly, the game is affected, at least for the Pelicans, by the, by the new absence of Chris Bosh on the Miami side. The sad news today, and as Mark Spears alluded to earlier in our show, uh, Bosh is out indefinitely now and possibly for the rest of the season with a possible blood clot problem in his lung. We wish, we wish him all the best, and his absence will be uh, certainly felt right away for the Miami Heat, who will uh, look to get Goran Dragic up and running as soon as possible. Woo, what a day today. Big show. Hope you enjoyed it. I know there was a lot to uh, take in, but special thanks to all of our guests today, head coaches Monty Williams and Sean Payton today, John DeShazer and Mark Spears from Yahoo Sports as well. Have a great rest of your weekend, everybody. I hope that you enjoy every bit of it, and we'll look for you on the radio tonight and tomorrow night as the Pelicans begin their final 29 in the chase for the playoff uh, picture in the Western Conference. I'm Sean Kelly, and until tonight from Orlando, so long for just a while. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back next week. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.